Welcome to the Health Leaders Revenue Cycle Podcast. I'm Alexandra Pecci, Revenue Cycle Editor for Health Leaders. My guests today are Shantae Moheiser, owner of It's Healthcare LLC in Omaha, and Kem Tolliver, President of Medical Revenue Cycle Specialists in Maryland. They're also authors of the upcoming MGMA book, Revenue Cycle Management, Don't Get Lost in the Financial Maze. Taya and Kem, thank you both for being here. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. As we know, there is no bigger topic in the worldwide discussion right now than COVID-19, especially in the world of healthcare. For the revenue cycle, this crisis has several major implications, but today we're going to focus on just one in particular, and that's the new CMS telehealth billing changes. So Taya, could you please explain to us what those changes entail and whether they have an expiration date? Absolutely. Um, I think we'll both jump in on this one, honestly. There have been so many changes recently. Medicare has waived geographic restrictions, originating site restrictions, and even telephone restrictions. This is one of the largest changes, in fact, and I'm not sure how many people realize it yet, but telehealth services can temporarily be furnished via telephone, provided the device has audio and video capabilities. This means they just open the door to resources like Skype and FaceTime. Additionally, they waived the patient cost share for telehealth during the COVID-19 emergency. And notably, most private payers have jumped on board, but we would remind everybody it's still good to verify with those private payers independently. Okay. Yeah, and I'll I'll just add to that, you know, as Taya mentioned, telehealth um, service platform use has really been expanded to, I think, encourage social distancing. And with this expansion, you know, we have the HIPAA privacy security penalties being relaxed. However, now I caution healthcare organizations from uh, using non-compliant HIPAA communication and documentation methods. And, you know, although we're in a crisis right now, we still need to keep protected health information as secured as possible. The other thing we want to think about is our reputation management. It's going to be really important to our our brands within the industry. So let's try to avoid widespread breaches as as we're starting to come out of this emergency. The other thing is, you know, most of the changes that Taya mentioned, they're valid until our national emergency ends. But I think as leaders, we'll want to really lobby for certain changes to remain in effect even after the emergency. Um, Another change that just occurred on March 18th is that the CDC announced that you know, we had an original effective date of October 1st for our new COVID-19 ICD code, which was U07.1. Now, with the urgency that's happening in the industry, the CDC has announced that that code is going to be moved up and be effective on April 1st, 2020. So this is going to be really helpful for us to start coding COVID-19. So with all that in mind, what kinds of questions are revenue cycle leaders asking around this and what should they be asking? Yeah, good question. You know, interestingly, when Taya and I presented at the 2019 um, MGMA annual conference, we found a lot of healthcare organizations who were kind of on the fence about providing telehealth services. Well, now, you know, 
the industry is kind of forced to rapidly adapt to this new world of technology, of security, of internet bandwidth, and workflow modifications. And on top of all of that, we're now dealing with daily, sometimes even hourly federal regulatory changes to keep up with. Um, you know, organizations didn't get the chance to really dip their feet into telehealth. We're kind of swimming in it now, and the tides keep changing with all of these regulatory um, modifications. The questions that revenue cycle leaders, I think, are and should be asking are really how to transform current revenue cycle operations to automate as many processes as possible and to move these processes from the office to remote environments. So that would require system reviews and workflow modifications, privacy and security support for staff who are working remotely, as well as really prioritizing patient education and guidance throughout these changes. The other thing that we wanna think about is that our staff and our physicians will really be relying on us now more than ever for communication, for our direction and for education. So we talked a little bit about working with staff. What should revenue cycle leaders tell their staff right now, you know, front to back? That's a great question, too. You know, right now, it's the communication that's critical. And I think we've both been recommending all practices tell their staff to please remember, inform yourself. You have to communicate with your teams. You need to start thinking strategically. Open the door to staff questions. This is not the time to, to shut them out. This is the time to keep innovating. Have those all hands or those town hall style meetings and define what that future communication method is going to be so that they know where to look for new information from you. Distribute protocols for screenings. Distribute protocols for disinfection. Make sure that everybody is on the same page and they know what your plan is. I also highly recommend that practices use their existing social media platforms to communicate changes to patients. Provide those messages of comfort and unity. Publish home care and self-management guidelines and help reinforce that encouragement of social distancing efforts as has been mandated by the federal government. So as our listeners navigate these telehealth changes, where can they find additional information and resources about what they need to do? You know, this is probably the most beautiful thing coming out of healthcare right now is to see all of the resources. And there's so many excellent resources right now. Definitely refer to the CDC, HHS, CMS, MGMA, um, PIMS, any specialty organizations, physician associations. A key component here is to make sure that you're referring to validated resources. And moreover, lean on one another. You know, I had one practice who had an OB cancel three days of elective surgery, which opened three days for virtual check-ins to another OB practice that was inundated with COVID calls. This isn't the time to worry about patients leaving for another provider. This is the time for us to all band together. We need to collaborate now more than ever, and we actually have the technological resources to do so in a really powerful way. I mean, Nebraska Medicine, you know, they did the treatment for Ebola patients. They received some of the first COVID-19 patients. They went to social media earlier this week and let the community know, we're starting to run low on things. We need to stock up, and if you can help, we need help. 
They received cases of hand sanitizer from Blue Cross and Blue Shield Nebraska. And yesterday, Union Pacific donated over 6,000 N95 masks. It's the community unity that's going to get us through this. And before we move on, can you tell us what you mean by validated sources? Absolutely. I mean, refer to those sources like, for example, Health Leaders Media. Refer to CDCs and what they're pushing out. Um, CMS has fact sheets that are coming out. Johns Hopkins has a beautiful tracker that is showing, you know, the spread of the disease across the world even. IBM has partnered with the Weather Channel to show how the weather is impacting the spread of the contagion. And those are the validated resources that you want to lean to. There's a lot of misinformation right now going around on social media. There's a lot being spread via email. And you just really now is not the time to rely on a myth. You really want to track it down and make sure that these came from a resource you can trust when it means taking care of your patients, taking care of the community, and taking care of yourself. And the same is true for the coding resources, too, around this. Oh, absolutely. You know, there there's so much um, confusion about coding and even documenting telehealth services as well as which services are reimbursed by Medicare during this emergency, the commercial payers, as well as Medicaid. So really going straight to those sources is going to be key, relying on um, resources like AAPC and AHIMA for coding. Those are the go-to best practice nationally accredited organizations that you really want to rely on. Okay. Finally, what do you see this doing in terms of the long-term impact on the allowability or advancement of telehealth billing? And tacking onto that question, what can revenue cycle leaders do when this has passed to ensure that these rules stay relaxed? Good question. And, you know, I think both Taya and I are very um, passionate about um, getting involved in legislative changes. And this is really an area that health leaders can really direct legislators to, to educate them and to guide them on what's necessary in order for us to keep our patients healthy. Um, and, and also getting the input from our physicians, I think is gonna be critical um, in that kind of lobbying um, process. Um, we, we in the healthcare industry our voices have really been loud and clear. Um, the CDC having this unprecedented off-cycle update to the COVID-19 code. We've, I, I don't believe since I've been a certified coder that I've ever seen any codes be effective prior to October 1st of any year. So our voices have been heard. We've made that type of a change. We have the ability to make impact. Now, the other thing is I don't think healthcare delivery, billing, or coding will ever be the same. As an industry, I think we've been forced to innovate, not just for the sake of reimbursement, but to stop the spread of a deadly virus. And I think that these motivating factors have now required healthcare leaders to adapt to the needs of our patients and our other stakeholders to lead in our homes, to lead in our communities, and to lead nationally to continue to provide necessary healthcare services during a pandemic. 
And as healthcare leaders, let's use this experience to incorporate telehealth services like virtual check-ins and e-visits and telephone um, services, as well as remote care monitoring into our, our everyday healthcare services. Let's also use this time to implement long-term changes in the way that we communicate with each other. As Taya said, it's been so heartwarming to see all of us pull together. We've been communicating with each other, with legislators, and with our patients. Let's continue that in the future. And I really think that the long-term impact should be a united and interoperable healthcare community. Agreed. Taya and Kim, it's been wonderful talking with you today. Thank you for being here and for sharing your expertise with us. It's been our pleasure. Thank you. And thank you listeners for joining us on the Health Leaders Revenue Cycle podcast. Until next time, keep taking care of patients and each other.